This is the Life Truth Network. Quest for our truth. Episode 414. Quest for Truth, presented by Protectorate Productions and HPN, Heltsley Podcast Network. Now located at life-truth.com. And now, here are your hosts, Keith Heltsley and Nathan Caldwell. Hey everybody, this is your host Keith, and it is time once again for Quest for Truth. Uh, in a little bit, you will hear a conversation that uh, Nathan Caldwell and I had. Uh, we actually recorded this uh, just a little bit uh, ago. By a little bit, I mean two weeks ago, maybe. It was whenever, whenever you heard on our podcast feed, uh, he interviewed me for his uh, involvement with Clean Christian Magazine which is a worthy uh, cause. Uh, please do check it out. Uh, the, the editor there puts a lot of work uh, into producing a quality uh, quarterly magazine. It's awesome. But anyway, this, that's about the time frame. We did it then because this was convenient for us to basically do like a double interview. Uh, well, his interviewing me plus this conversation. Just a little bit of background there. But I wanted to add some remarks. I know by the time this gets listened to, it will also have been at least two weeks uh, in our past where uh, there was that uh, school shooting in Tennessee involving you know trans people. I just wanted to, before we get going, share some ideas and thoughts. Uh, as, as my mind unfolded and un, unpacked those events, uh, of course, there are certain elements there to that uh, account. Of course, there's a tragic loss of the, the three uh, nine-year-olds and the three adults. So that should be the focus. There was a, a horrible, horrible attack. And each of those families needs to have uh, loving support and prayers to get them through their period of loss and grief. And that should be where our focus is, uh, not on the criminal that's involved. And then, of course, uh, being the issue with the trans person that she was, uh, for some reason, the media has just ran off with that. And at the time I heard about it, I knew that they would. I was also surprised because they, they say if you use a person's natural born uh, gender or name, you're dead naming them because they go by this new thing. But they kept using her natural name and her natural gender. And I thought, well, that's odd that they would do that. But of course, it did backpedal on that. and They, 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 re, they reversed it. But it took them some time. It wasn't exactly immediately as most of the week they they continued to call her by her her natural name and gender. And I thought that was weird. And then, of course, there's the element of uh, that shooter's family. Now, granted, what you think about that shooter, it was evil, it was demonic, it was demented. All these words I've heard 
Oh, her, she has a family too. And the way I understand it, she was a former student at that school. Now, that doesn't mean that she had any kind of Christian values. But then I heard uh, through news accounts that she was born into a, a strong Christian family. They had strong Christian values, strong family values. And it makes you wonder, uh, you know, even families who you raise your children right, and then they don't turn out well. Uh, I know it happens. I mean, my kids, <laughs> they all have been raised right, and they all have a, a core belief. But they, they didn't turn out like angels, uh, but they are a step above, in my opinion, the general population. Uh, now, but, but the point there is, is even the best Christian parenting uh, all you can do is raise them, but once they're launched into the world, uh, you don't know. And I really do feel uh, horribly for the, that family whose daughter went so far off the path. Now they're going to get back to the daughter. Um, instead of uh, painting her as, as the villainous, murderous criminal that she well, actually is because she killed six people uh, in cold blood. For no apparent reason, as far as I know right now, maybe something will come out. Maybe it has come out by the time I get this posted. Uh, but the point what I'm trying to make here is people call her the victim. Well, if it wasn't for you Christian conservative people, she wouldn't behave in the way she did. Well, that's not true at all. And I will admit this. Yes, she is a victim. She, now, she's not the victim in that shooting. She's a victim. That is true. But here's why I say she's a victim. Because by, by the accounts that I've heard, she was raised to be a loving, sweet Christian girl. And her mom uh, had uh, just posted things on Facebook to attest as much, to attest that she was proud of her daughter's accomplishments as she went off to college. And that would have been something like 10, 8 to 10 years ago in that time frame when she was a young woman in college. Suddenly, something changed. Well, what would have changed? She was indeed victimized by a demented, crazed, lunatic social, social culture. She was victimized by the trans community. She was victimized by a trans community who wanted to rip her off the path of her Christian roots. She was victimized by the very people who claim that they are victims. She was victimized by the trans people who want to make it sound like it's evil Christians who are the problem. No wonder she went berserk. She, of course, uh, of lately, in the last little bit, I found out, she was being seen for mental issues. She was being seen because she had autism. Now, autism untreated shows up as transgender issues. This is a known, a known medical thing. People who uh, often, in fact, most people who are transgender 
who think they're transgender, when they get properly treated as autistic, they no longer have those feelings. So she was either improperly diagnosed or never received medication or she went off of them. And that's, again, that's her on her. If the doctor says take these meds and she didn't, then she is the one to blame. She's not a victim for the crime. She's not a victim for the crime. She is a victim because of the hooks that the trans community wrenched into her. So if there's any victims, uh, it's going to be the people who are shot in this case. If, if there's going to be any uh, victimizers, it's the trans community for ruining the life of this otherwise uh, talented, artistic, uh, young Christian woman. Now, I, I, I'm not real certain. It seems like I had heard at least one uh, news outlet post a brief video of her making some kind of a statement. Uh, and in retrospect, I can't attest to whether it was her or someone else. Uh, and, and from the words that were said, I honestly don't remember, but it, she clearly was uh, lucent in speaking things on her own. Uh, that was very uh, hardcore in line with the trans manifesto. So, hey, they did a good job at swaying her. But I'm willing to, uh, to say with some uh, certainty that she was probably mentally uh, depressed, mentally torn over her identity. And, and she, I think she thought she was doing the right things by living her life the way she did. But clearly she wanted to die and she wanted to be killed by, you know, suicide by cop. But here is a thought on that. If you're going to die by suicide by cop, let me give you, if anybody listening, listen up. Let me give you a huge tip on how to die suicide by cop. Instead of taking your, your guns into a school or a shopping mall or some public place, uh, march right in the front doors of your local police department and whip out some guns and start shooting. And you will have a hundred cops putting bullets into you and, uh, and as fast as you can blink. <laughs> if you want to die by a cop, uh, march into the front of a police station and, and whip out your, your rifles and pistols. Oh, and by the way, uh, earlier uh, reports that she had uh, AR-15s. Uh, apparently, that's a lie told by the media that she apparently had what I would call squirrel rifles or varmint rifles or 22 caliber uh, uh, pistol rounds that weren't even long rounds. Uh, and by no means were they AR rounds. The cops had the ARs. She did not. Uh, so that tells me she just had no assault weapons. She just had varmint rifles and apparently a handgun. But hey, if you want to commit suicide by cop, go to where all the cops hang out. Go to where the cops are. They're right there in front of the police department. Start blasting away. Uh, and you'll have, you'll die from suicide by cop. And you won't hurt anybody. Oh, yeah, sure, you might hit a cop. And I don't even want to see a cop get hurt. Not for some crazy, stupid thing like that. But at least do that. Don't take out innocent school kids. That's just that's just inconsiderate <laughs> if you're so concerned about your own self committing suicide 
uh, anyway, heck, for that matter, just uh, shoot yourself. If you're too too much of a chicken to do that, uh, then don't don't commit suicide. Don't. And that, you know, in her case, I think had she uh, actually pursued uh, taking her autism meds, I think that actually because I also heard that she was seeking counseling and apparently by the actual pastor at that same church. Uh, and maybe that's why she snapped and went there because maybe she didn't like what he said. I don't know. Hey, if you're not going to take counseling advice and I've got to take your meds uh, before you commit suicide, do those things. Uh, I, it, it's a shame that she never returned to her Christian roots. I've heard one podcaster say she's burning in hell right now. She's burning in hell. I thought, well, you can't say that with surety because you're not God. I honestly hope she did make a decision for Christ as a young person, either as a child or a young teenager. Because Christians can go off the deep end. There's Christians in prisons right now who left their roots. They fell away. I know plenty of Christians who, it doesn't have to be college, I know people in the military who they're pastors' kids or they're, they've spent uh, all those years growing up in the church and and you talk to them and they know that they are Christians. I, people have told me they're Christians, but they don't live like it. Why? Because they're away from home. They're in the military. They're overseas. They, they're going with the flow. And unfortunately, there's some dangerous flows out there. Very dangerous. So young people, you might get involved with that, but don't feel free. uh, Sorry, uh, don't feel that you're so far uh, off the path from God that you can't return. Don't think you're so far off the path you can't come back to Him. Uh, This shooter's story reminds me of the prodigal son. The prodigal son says, "Give me what's mine now, and I'm going to go off and do my own thing," like this girl shooter did. Difference is, prodigal son realized when all of all he had was gone, he lost it and squandered it, and he's eating with the pigs. He was at least smart enough to say, I- "I'm going to go back to my father's house." Well, apparently this girl didn't. She figured it was just better to commit suicide by cop than to return to her father's house. So there's that, but it doesn't mean that she at some point hadn't uh, got saved. We'll just use that phrase for lack of better words. But it does mean that she's certainly slid down a long slippery slope and didn't know how to get back. And I I, I would like to think that uh, those kind of sins have not separated her uh, from God. But her life is over. Her book is written. And whatever her eternal uh, situation is, only God knows right now. Uh, I'm sure her family would know a lot more than I would. And again, my heart goes out with them. Uh, but let's get our victimhood straight. Uh, she's not the, the victim in the shooting. But she is a victim of what the trans community is doing to our country to our world, to our community. Uh, and as Christians, we need to understand that. And we need to get this straight. Now, I know I've been talking 
uh, for a while for my uh, preamble to the prelude to our uh, main feature. But it's one of these timely topics. And by, like I said, by the time this hits the podcast feed, I'm sure a couple of weeks have gone by, more details have come out. Uh, uh, but this thing is not going away. It is not going away. In fact, uh, not long ago, I posted um, a request episode that we did early on. I can't remember if it was the first season in or second season in. And we were talking then about trans issues and homosexual issues. The very same ones we're still talking about today. So, hey, if I fast forward five years from now when I listen to this episode again, I hope that things have, haven't gotten worse. But the way our world is going, uh, it wouldn't surprise me if things have gotten worse. But, hey, uh, it's one of those timely topics. It's not a timely topic. Uh, but as Christians, we need to take a stance with this. So with all that long-winded <laughs> wind-up, let's go ahead you know, let's take a quick breather. Uh, we'll play uh, a quick word from the folks there at ChristianPodcastCommunity.com, where you'll hear other awesome podcasters, uh, who a few of them sound like the ones you're about ready to hear right now. Are you just watching? Do you enjoy watching movies? The special effects, the interesting characters, the great stories. There's a lot to enjoy that comes out of Hollywood. But sometimes it's best to approach secular media with a healthy dose of critical thinking. Join me, E. Franklin, and Tim Martin, as we discuss our favorite movies and share critical thinking for the entertained Christian. So visit areyoujustwatching.com to subscribe. And don't just watch. Commands of Christ, presented by Nathan Caldwell. Keeping the commandments of Jesus. It's simple yet profound, but Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. It's, it's simple, but think about it for a minute. People say, oh, I love Jesus. I love Jesus. But are you doing what Jesus wants you to do? Are you following the will of God as stated in the Bible? Because, uh, Keith, there are a lot of people now that claim to love Jesus. But there are certain verses in the Bible that make them uh, uncomfortable. Another thing is, the way I said that before um, was more directed at others, but I think it should also be directed internally. Um, Do I love Christ? Am I, talking about myself, and others need to ask themselves the question, am I keeping his commandments? How much do I really love Christ? And do we ever love him enough? No. But I'm telling you, we need to self-check quite often. That was Commands of Christ, presented by Nathan Caldwell. Quest for Truth, now located at life-truth.com. 
I speak to parents all the time who come up to me and they see what's happening, but they don't know what to do. And I just want to stand up and say, you can do this. Here is a solution. This is Yvette Hampton, host of the Schoolhouse Rocked podcast. Join us each week for a new episode as we offer encouragement and resources on biblical discipleship from popular speakers and authors, as well as parents just like you and me. Find out more at schoolhouserocked.com or listen anywhere you find your favorite podcast. Main topic. So we can just jump onto this. And hey, we don't uh, here at Quest for Truth. Oh, by the way, this is your host, Keith. And joining with me here today is Nathan Caldwell. Hey, hey. We actually have some time to uh talk together so with that we take advantage of the opportunity uh but yeah here at quest for truth we largely like to uh quest for truth uh, in the bible the truth that's in the bible because of course that is the truth and it is relevant uh, even in the world outside the pages of the bible uh, but we do like to look at worldviews and look for is there a truth there because honestly if there is it's based on the bible and if there's not, to look at some of the logical fallacies and reasoning of why it's not a good argument, why it's not really uh, as truthful as what some cling to. Uh, I know I like to point out that sometimes you hear in the media, oh, the narrative this and the narrative that. And every time I hear that, I always think if you replace the word narrative with fiction, it's the same thing. Mm. The narrative of the left who wants to have abortions, like the fiction of the left who wants to have their abortions, because that's what it is. <laughs> it's fiction. It's, I mean, it's true they want to do that, but it's fiction and and it has no basis in reality. <laughs> you know, it's it's a narrative that uh, we don't know what a woman is, so we're going to beat around the bush. Anybody who says they are. I got to say that's fiction. Uh, that is fiction. That is uh, not only a scriptural uh, fallacy, it is a scientific fallacy. It is uh, utterly made up of whole cloth in the mind of some, well, lunatic, to put it bluntly. Uh, did you want to talk about that one? Just the, I mean, that's been going on for a few years now, I think. and It has. It's, it's, I mean, it's... People say it's something new. Well, it is, but like I was talking before I hit record, listening to some old podcasts from five to seven years ago, people were beginning to talk about it then. It was beginning to get traction and out there in people's faces. It just, it, 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 I'm not trying to be disrespectful to anyone, but to, you're, it's not that, it's. I can't see how it's that people don't know the definition of, say, a woman. It's that they're not willing to admit it because then they would hurt, offend someone. Right, and they tell. There's people will say, "Well, you're just totally uh, not. You're ignoring the fact that trans people exist." Like, well, no, honestly, there have always been trans people. And uh, I, I'm here to say there probably were trans people during Bible times, and I can I can point to two a couple of uh, occasions. 
One, Solomon said there's nothing new under the sun. So, ta-da, if it's here as a, a behavior of people today, I'm sure Solomon knew about it. Uh, oh. For another, there are laws that, that right. prohibit man from dressing as a woman, woman from dressing as a man. So why would that law be there if people weren't doing it then? Right. Uh, so there's that. Another thing I have is that people say, but it's it's a legitimate thing. People really are gender dysgraphic or what the word this dysphoric dysphoric there we listen go. people are that I, we're not denying that though and, and that is a le- legitimate birth defect you may you may plug your oh birth defect how horrible it's like but it happens there are babies sometimes who are born without a limb born with 12 fingers oh no toes. that's not that's not gender that's, dysphoria no, no, that's no, uh, it's birth defect there are babies who are born blind or deaf it's a birth defect, and gender dysphoria is a defect from birth. That Are is legitimate. The mental gender dysphoria? Right. It, I it, didn't know that. It is there from birth. It used to be called hermaphrodite. It means you uh, have... No, I thought well, a hermaphrodite was that, born that's with part, more it's than part one. Of the same, it's part of the same thing. It's, it's part of the same category of gender dysphoria. Because your gender is ambiguous. You have a little bit that's not formed, another part that's not formed, and it's ambiguous. And where gender dysphoria comes from is you're, it's not real clear, and so your mind may be programmed towards one or the other. Um, and that's what makes it a, a mental illness. Uh, but it's all part of the same category of of a birth defect. Right, and but that, sometimes that, that being the case right. is medical tension. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Sometimes people don't have the physical but they have the mental. Mm-hmm. And and sometimes maybe it's from birth, but I want to tell you something. Nowadays some of it is contagious. Because people will see, oh, they're getting all this attention, so I'm going to claim that too. I'm going to be that too. Yeah. Uh, I have a word for that. It's called grooming. Oh, there's more on that. We can talk about later. Um, but, but there is a legitimate thing of a birth defect, whether you have ambiguous body parts and it's a legitimate mental illness where my body says this and my mind says that. But medically speaking, you're talking less than one percentile of all people in all the world. And so, yeah, it exists, and it's unfortunate. And those people deserve all the love and support and the medical treatment they can have to iron this out. It has to be a difficult thing to go through. But you're talking less than 1% of people. But, but uh, by medical treatment, we're not talking about um, – helping them in their delusion which is what for some reason the um the uh popular opinion is now is is you 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 do surgery to help them with their delusion you know it's like let's let's look at this in a different aspect and maybe somebody's gonna say i'm comparing apples and oranges i don't know 
But what about somebody who has um, anorexia and says, you know, I'm fat and they're skinny as a rail. Yeah, a walking skeleton. Yeah, go ahead and get liposuction. Go ahead. It would kill them. <laughs> and you wouldn't do that. Well, nor nor would you insert a bunch of, if you could, nor would you inflate their body with a bunch of fat and make them unhealthy. Right. That's two extremes that you would not do. But yet, you're not, how come that it's okay, how come it's not okay to tell them, you know, you're right, you're fat? Yeah, and if somebody decides they are, they're really a bird and they want to fly, yeah, they're going to say jump off that cliff. Right. Make a nest up on that tree. There you go. Uh, I, I guess that's the thing these days, too, is being a, a furry, which means you your your dysphoria has to do with you think you're a cat or a dog or some other animal. And I think that's a sexual thing, too, and people it's, don't realize. It's also, yeah, a fetish of sorts. But you're not going to get say, oh, you think you're a cat? There's a litter box. There you go. Fill her up. We'll dump it for you. You know, you're not good. You wouldn't, and no. I wouldn't. But I've but heard some of it people being would. Done. <laughs> no. so, oh, you want you want lunch at school today? Here's your can of Frisky's cat food. Go sit in the corner and eat it out <laughs> of your bowl. No, if I if I remember, I, it seems like seems like I heard somebody say they had litter boxes at a school one time. I I had heard that, and then later I'd heard that it was a, uh, a hoax, an urban urban uh, hoax. That was it. Oh, okay. Uh, so I don't, I don't know if that entirely if that's true. I wouldn't. Well, well if it's somebody. not, praise God. Yeah. <laughs> with, with the sanity in our schools these days, I would not put it past somebody to do that. But I hope it's not happening. Right. Uh, but you know these kind of things. Uh, I mean, let me get, jump back to the you know the hermaphrodite birth defect type issue. The way this used to be dealt with years ago is doctors would tell parents because the sex of your child is ambiguous, we'll just, you know, don't give them a name, you know, just call them some, you know, baby or child or what, just hold off on giving them a name and let them as they grow, see which way they incline themselves. Do they like to play with cars and balls and trucks or do they like to play with Barbies and tea sets? And then, then we'll talk about, uh, which way uh, to go with raising them, but they almost never talked about a reconstructive surgery. It was just, you just put the proper clothes on them and treat them with that gender. Uh, now, as I recall, uh, in the, I guess it was in the 60s, it might've been the 50s, the whole um, changing from female to male was was kind of a thing. There used to be an old TV show called Love American Style. It was kind of an anthology of little shorts, little sometimes romantic and fun and quirky things. Sometimes a little more racy for the day, but um, um, it seemed like one of those dealt with an issue where uh, a guy had transitioned into a woman, and she, of course she was very cute, and and the guy's best friend didn't realize it, and he fell in love with this cute girl until he realized it was his old army buddy or, or something. I forget how the story went. Now, of course, in reality, it was a female actress. It wasn't really a dude. Uh, 
Um, but that was the first time I remember hearing of an issue like that. And uh, early on, they did experiment with doing surgeries. But as time went on, doctors began to say, well, it's not really doing the patients any good. And it's causing more long-term harm than good. And if you want to have hormones and dress like the other type, we'll do that. But we're not going to perform surgeries. on And that became the, the common uh, conventional wisdom of the land uh, all through probably the 80s and 90s. And then suddenly, within the last 10 years, it's popular again. And, you know, some of the loudest voices talking about how bad of an idea this is, is those same doctors who pioneered this back in the 60s and 70s and who pioneered it and said, this isn't helping. It's only doing people worse. Because they saw the results the first time. Right. And uh, I think it's a horrible idea. And I've heard people talk that, uh, you know, it's they're using the kids these days for guinea pigs their lab experiments and all it's going to do is cause a world of problems uh, 10, 15, 20 years down the road. Uh, it's already bad enough and that our population rate in this country is down to like, like 2%, I think it is maybe under 2%. I mean, or that means the average family has one or two kids and it used to be two or three kids or more. Which means population is shrinking, and I'm sure somebody's happy about that. And but... it's not only shrinking, but you you trans all these kids, you've made them sterile. It's going right, to shrink right. even more. You have all these kids who have been duped. They're going to commit suicide, and it's going to shrink even more. Right. Because... So this doing society absolutely no good at all. Because what and... happens? What happens if somebody says, you know, I want to have a family and, and, you know, I want this undone. You can't undo it. Or I don't know that, or if you can, some of the um, damage is permanent. Several years back, they had talked about, you know, giving people in prisons, uh, these drugs to chemically castrate themselves so they wouldn't be a pedophile anymore when they got out. And people would say, oh, they really don't work. They really don't work. They don't work as good as what people say they do. But apparently they do because these are the same drugs they're using on kids today. And people were saying, oh, it's reversible. It's reversible. But people who come to realize with the whole experimentation with prisoners and chemical castrations are saying, no, 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 it is not reversible. Uh, you can't you can't decide to stop taking it. It doesn't do it that way. Once the damage has been done, the damage is not undone or reversed. And uh, I think that the kids who don't kill themselves over this, I hope they don't, there are going to be a lot of lawsuits against their parents, against their doctors, against the hospitals, against the medical groups against insurance companies, <laughs> everybody who had a hand in it. Uh, and I hope the lawsuits start coming hard and fast. I really do. Now, somebody's saying, because this is always the case, perhaps somebody's listening goes, well, these these are just people, hateful people. These are hateful, spiteful people. But 
we're not trying to be hateful. We're trying to warn people of a worldview, an ideology that is dangerous. And it will hurt someone inevitably. If if it keeps on, it's going to hurt somebody. Yeah. And, and you know, they say, oh, my, my child knew from as early as I can remember they were they weren't in the wrong body. It's like then for one you should be getting them psychological help with that because uh, the they it's easier to give somebody uh, psychological uh, treatment than it is to sur- do a surgical treatment, and uh, they say. Uh, the majority of these cases, like I said, only about 1% are legitimate. The rest are people joining up with the fad. And it does you no good to decide five, 10 years down the road, oh, look how stupid I was. And, and here's an example of that. Every look in an old yearbook, look at the haircuts in that yearbook. Dad, I, no. can't, I can't believe you that haircut. What are you thinking? I can't believe you in those elephant bottom bell jeans, Dad. What are you thinking? The fads come and go. Styles come and go. And do you want to have your life ruined because you totally cut parts off because it was just a cool thing to do and everybody was pushing that? Um, and uh, here's another example. And I, I know this to be true. There's a dentist I knew, and he, I mean, it's bad enough going to the dentist because it's so, <laughs> having people drill in your mouth. And he was always a, a depressed, sad kind of a guy. And you talk to him and you say, why is, why are you always so down? You, you hate your job. You hate everything. Uh, don't dentists make good money? And, What's the deal with all that? He goes, yeah, well, I really do hate dentistry a lot, but I allowed myself to become a dentist at the whim of a 19-year-old. I go, really? Who was that? He goes, well, me, when I was 19 years old, I wanted to go to dental school so bad. And now here I am you know, 30 years later, and it's like, I hate it. I hate it so bad. I wish I ever did it. Uh, and so sometimes the choices we make when we're young affect us in horrible ways we could never anticipate when we get older. Now, in his case, I mean, how was he to know? I mean, a dentist is a, a good occupation, and some people really do well with that. Uh, and there's no reason why that particular guy couldn't move over to some other career. Maybe he wouldn't make the same money he's making as a dentist, but uh, he still has that opportunity. But if you have your body parts physically hacked and rearranged, you can't come back from that. Because what's lost is lost in that case. And, I mean, you just don't know what kind of... Certain things don't grow back. Yeah. It it would be better to wait until you're fully an adult. There was it? There was a... Oh, I'll I'll forget. Some politician talking about... uh, Oh, maybe it was gun ownership. I don't think that was it, but maybe it was that you sh- you shouldn't own a gun until you're 25 years old because you're you're mentally not prepared for that yet. You should. I thought, well, then you shouldn't 
be able to smoke or drink until you're 25 years old because you're not mentally prepared for that. Don't put people in the military if they're not if 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 at 18 so they can fight for you if you don't think they're ready for a weapon. And again, don't have yourself medically surgically altered until you're 25 because you're not your brain is not prepared for that. Uh, how many things would change if we if we set 25 as the new age of uh, adulthood? Uh, but I you know, I, I'm not I'm not for advocating that. I don't even know if I would recommend that. I think 18 is fine for voting, fine for being in the military, fine absolutely for all these things. Uh, you you may not be fully mentally developed, but you are old enough to make certain decisions and and you and you should you should and if you're sheltered from from if you're sheltered after a certain age it's just going to do you harm as you get to be an adult yeah i like the word sheltered because uh that's another issue with uh exposing the kids to something like drag queens and all this horrible sexual garbage is out there. Well, they need to know because you got to see it anyway. Like, But they don't have to, and we should be protecting them. Children need protection. This is why children live with parents. Whenever I was four years old, I couldn't, I couldn't strike out on my own and get a job and rent my own house. There was no way that was going to happen. Even if I felt courageous enough to do that, who's going to hire a four-year-old? Children need to be protected, not Given over to the wolves. Wait, 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 wait. At four, you wasn't able to <laughs> rent your own house and stuff? No. <laughs> my parents were encouraging me to rent my own house and stuff. When we were not kidding. Come on. <laughs> Just kidding. I got some kids like that around here. Uh, no, not really. Uh, we got grandkids. That, there's a couple that are that way, but they're in, in their teenage years. And that's whenever you want to say, okay, kid, if you don't appreciate being here, Next year, we got one that this this year later said you'll, you'll be eighteen. You want to start renting? I got a they got a dollar amount in mind. You find you a job or you get out. And of course, as a grandma, I was like, no, you can't do that. He still has a year to go at school. Like, then he better get his head on straight. <laughs> he can he can rent his own apartment and go to school. Because <laughs> I'm that way. I w- I would be inclined to do that, but. This particular kid, I know as much as they think they're mature, they're not. They're not ready for it. They would never survive. And that's the way it is with a lot of people. And we're talking someone who is 17 looking at 18, not a four-year-old looking at kindergarten. Right. (laughs) We need to protect children, not expose or they're on a suit anyway. Well, that's true, but it's it's a crime that they have to see it anyway. They should be protected uh, from uh, sexual or other deviant activity. Now, kids do. I, I know growing up, there's a particular family, uh, the, a couple of the kids, one was a class before me. I think there was another class behind me. It's not their fault, but their family did drugs in the house. But at the time, I didn't. If someone said drugs, I wouldn't know what that meant. But later, I found out what that meant. But it wasn't the kid's fault that they had to grow up in that environment. And sadly enough, they all got into doing drugs later in their lives because they were exposed to that. 
at an early age, constantly, all the time. Not maybe they would have anyway, twenty years down the road, but but they wouldn't have had to be exposed to it. Um, the kids deserve to be protected, not you know exposed to the perversions that are out there. Uh, well, here's another thing: is is you're talking about kids well under the age of of being able to watch some of this mess that no one should be watching on TV, but you know what I'm talking about. I mean, kids that you would never let into an R-rated movie, but yet you're going to tell them certain things that might as well have that rating. Okay. Uh, I'm not sure exactly when I'm going to be able to uh, put this podcast on the feed. It may be before or maybe after, but I have a video clip. Uh, I won't get into all the details, but there's a part of it where a guy talks about, but that's First Amendment speech, Nathan. You're trying to say that a drag queen doesn't have the First Amendment uh, expression of speech? Where is his freedom of speech at? Um, but there is certain speech that is not protected under the law. You are not, and this is not. I mean, this is not an old argument, but you're not allowed allowed to yell fire in a public place. Unless they're actually dangerous. fire. <laughs> well, yeah, but even uh, then, <laughs> you got to be careful. <laughs> and the other part of that is, well, well, true, Mister Drag Queen up there has the right to freedom of speech and self expression, but not in front of kids. If if he was in a room full full of adults. Knock yourself out. It's still perverse. Knock yourself out if that's what you want to do, but not in front of the kids. Kids need to be protected from certain speech, and that is one of them. And and no one's saying the drag queen can't get up there and do their raunchy little dance, but not in front of kids. You wouldn't have a female stripper up there doing that. You'd get arrested for that. Now, are they are they doing that in front of kids? I well, you're asking the person with the, who can't see the videos. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> I, all I have to do is go off of what commentators comment about. If what I've heard, they are they're, they're having kids put money in g strings. Uh, in oh some my cases, gosh, that's so sick. Yeah, well, it's sick for adults to do, but I I, I get it because adults are adults, and if when they want to act crazy and foolish. They're adults, and they understand the full consequence. But you shouldn't be doing that in front of kids. Kids need to be protected from that. And and so it it's when it comes to that line to cross, it's not a First Amendment right. It's a protection of the kids' right. It, it's, I mean, it, it's other people would be put in jail for being a pedophile for doing stuff like that. And and even stuff that's that's more mild than that at times in certain cases. Um, but yeah, these are some of the crazy things in our world that people are getting upside down. It's like the whole biblical thing about uh, calling good evil and evil good. And the thing that struck me with that is I recently heard that come out of someone's mouth who is not a Christian. And if a non-Christian 
who has no Bible knowledge can say they're called good, evil, and evil, good. And it's like, ding, 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 ding. They're quoting a scripture without even knowing it. <laughs> hmm. And if it's so bad that even a non-religious person can pick up on it, it's not It's not that wacko religious people are going nuts and predicting things and seeing demons bind every shadow. If If someone who's not trained in Bible ways can see it, it's pretty obvious, except for those who want to get away with it and protect their pet peeve. It's irritating to me. Yeah, and like I said, there's probably people, I would hope there's people listening to us who are saying, oh, those kooky old wacko religious people, because uh, I hope they are, because they need to hear what we're saying. Listen to the rest of our podcast. We don't just talk about this. We talk about some really good Bible stuff. <laughs> but I got a feeling that we're preaching to the choir 98% of the cases here. <laughs> probably. Um, but anyhow, uh, that's some pretty hot button worldviews, and I it's, it, this kind of political type topics I don't really like to cover because you know they're they're here to get here today, gone tomorrow. But this particular issue, as others relating to it, seem to be gathering traction, picking up steam, and people are like, well, we'll just elect a new president and they'll fix it all, or a new Congress and they'll fix it all. And I have to at least commend our current Congress to say, well, they're trying. They're trying to do some helpful things, um, but it's not, I don't think, going far enough, fast enough. And if you're going to wait until the next president, well, the, our current president then has two more years to really drive the country into the toilet. And it may not be recoverable. We may be at war by then, thanks to uh, and lack of leadership. Um, let's hope not. Let's hope not. Um, but hey, um, on a more positive note, we know how the story ends. Yes, we do. And we know that no matter how bad it may get or how persecuted uh, Christians are for sticking up what's right and how much losses and setbacks we may face, uh, in the end, it won't be us who are judged. Um, if you uh, are a believer and claim you know, Jesus Christ is the Lord over your life, you won't be getting judged for that slap on the face for doing the right thing, <laughs> uh, to put it mildly. Um, so, wow. I think we have a good topic here. Rather heavy. <laughs> it is. It is heavy. It is um, sad that it even has to be brought up. Uh, but it's definitely an important one, and it's one that deserves all the attention and wake-up calls that we can give to it. Hi, this is Jonathan coming to you from my walk-in closet in the small town of Manheim, Pennsylvania. Welcome to Small Town Theologian, a show devoted to digging into the Heidelberg Catechism and ecumenical creeds, not just to better understand foundational truths, but to seek to apply them to the rhythm of everyday life. May your life be shaped by what you learn. 
I'd love for the show to reach more people. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, would you please rate the show? Also, share the podcast with a friend. Thanks for supporting the show. Welcome to the Abundant Life Podcast, bringing you encouragement and challenging believers to spiritual change and growth by applying biblical principles to everyday life. And now your hosts, Sasso Mendez and Ben Ariano. Welcome everybody to the Abundant Life Podcast. I'm here with my good friend and faithful servant in the faith, Sasso Mendez. Hello, hello. What's going on out there? YouTube and uh, radio waves. <laughs> Land. Radio Land. But we really want this content to go out. We want people to know Amen. about Jesus and the truth. And Amen. so, uh, yeah, go ahead and rate us if you can. Give, us, give it a rating. Uh, if not, just at least subscribe. If you would, if you would subscribe, that way you're aware of when we drop a new episode. Check us out on uh, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, give us a like on, on Facebook. And uh, we just want to thank you guys for, for your support. And, and uh, we'll see you in the next two ep- weeks coming up. It's going to be good. Don't miss it. Thanks, guys. We love you guys. We'll see you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Until next time. Thank you for listening to the Abundant Life Podcast. We pray you were blessed by today's episode. Please visit us online at AbundantLife.fm. Until next time, may God bless you. Women's Health is a pro-women and pro-life clinic and ministry serving women of all ages and backgrounds in the community of Castle Rock, Colorado and the surrounding areas. Castle Rock Women's Health offers well women care, prenatal care, extended postpartum care, licensed clinical Christian counseling, fertility awareness, hormone therapy, childbirth classes, STI testing and treatment, ultrasounds, and even the abortion pill reversal. Castle Rock Women's Health uses your generosity to offer services at little to no cost for many women in situations where insurance is not available. But Castle Rock Women's Health needs your help. To serve women better in the community, Castle Rock Women's Health is looking to move into a new office. Please consider a charitable donation to help Castle Rock Women's Health offer life-affirming care and reach more women with the love of Jesus Christ by going to givesendgo.com forward slash CRWH. That's givesendgo.com forward slash CRWH and be a blessing to women in need. For more information about Castle Rock Women's Health, please visit our website at crwomenshealth.com. Thank you so much. Well, wow, that was our discussion. And I know I wound up and gave a lot at the beginning, so I'll shut up as I wind this down. And I'll just uh, log off here, signing off, everybody. This has been your host, Keith, uh, signing off, saying thanks for listening. See you next week. And uh, uh, drop us a line. Uh, tell, tell me what you think about the show. And here's Anthony Russo to tell you all the many ways that you can do just that. 
visit life-truth.com where you can find all our shows. Leave a message or call our voicemail number at 401-753-4844. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash life truth page. Follow us on Twitter at capital H, capital P, capital N, capital C, A-S-T. Everything Nathan Caldwell does can be found at facebook.com forward slash protectors of the book. Music in the show is used by permission of Kevin Zerby at zerbinator.wordpress.com. May the word of Christ dwell in you richly. May you find everything you need. And if you don't know Jesus, your greatest need is a Savior. Thanks for listening.